0: This is episode 61 of the 200 Churches Podcast.
1: Only grace takes the power of the shed blood of Christ, the power of the resurrection, and trusts it to deal with sin. That's why Romans 6.14 says, sin will not be master over you. Because you're no longer under buck You're no longer under moralism. You're no longer under your own self-chutzpah and willpower. You're under grace. You're under grace.
2: Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we are focused on pastors of small churches, 200 churches. Every Wednesday, we release a podcast episode that will lift your spirits, lighten your load, and let you laugh. After the podcast, be sure to check out our website at 200churches.com, where the guys post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And now here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church, the bacon and eggs of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is
3: the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Johnny Craig, and as always, I'm here with the dude, the man, the myth and legend.
0: You you spoke when I was going to speak.
3: You know, Jeff, you never give me
0: an intro I was going to say... (laughs) An intro like what? Okay. You always say, I'm here with? That's all you ever give me. Well, with you.
3: <laughs> I'm t- I'd pump you up a little bit. I was going to
0: say the Reverend, Jeff oh,
3: Cade. Oh, the Reverend. That's... I was, but now I'm not going to say it. Okay. I'm not. Okay. Do you want to try again?
0: No. Let's okay. just keep going.
3: Jeff, I've been, working on anything. A, I've been working on a 200 Churches jingle. Oh, boy. It's the 200 Churches podcast.
0: I like that. Yeah? I like That's good. That. Let's record that later.
3: <laughs> Done. I'll that's do the keyboard. On the I'll next, do the keyboard. That's going to be on the next episode. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll record it, but it won't be on the next episode.
0: <laughs> Johnny, what have we today on episode 61? Episode 61. We're getting up there. It's crazy. More episodes than I have years. When that happens, now we know we're serious about this thing.
3: Yes. This year, we're going to cross 100 in this calendar year. God Will willing, we? yeah. We, Seriously, God willing. Oh, I don't know. This calendar year, yeah, yeah. It'll be just. It'll be just, just barely
0: as the bell tolls. This
3: is sixty-one, though, and on episode sixty-one, we have a guest named John Lynch, and John Lynch came here all the way from Arizona. He said he needed to in person see the opulent and luxurious. 200 churches the studio, studio. Yeah. and he
1: did
0: he did john was here i talked about it in a recent episode that we were trying uh-huh. to get a guy here yeah, yeah. live in studio and he was here john has been the pastor at open door fellowship down in phoenix arizona mm-hmm. for uh like 28 30 years Pahonyx. he's been there yeah. with a couple of his buddies and they've been on staff together for 30 years and he was here in the area, speaking at a college in our area, yeah. which footed the bill, the yeah. plane fare, and then we, in the dark of night, spirited him
3: away. Yeah. Aaron Bart, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you very much for paying for John Lynch to be here for us. And nobody's
0: going to know whether Aaron's a girl or a boy.
3: Is it an AA? Or, how, it you an spell, e? or how you spell his or her name. Yeah. So
0: anyway, John got here, and he was in the studio with us, and we recorded. John has written a book along with his two friends, Bill Thrall and Bruce McNichol, and they've written a book called The Cure. Yes. And you can find it at True Now, you'd think you could find it at thecurebook.com, right. which I think maybe you can, but for sure it's at truefaced.com. Com. Instead of
3: two-faced, it's true, faced true-faced. true-faced. Yeah, yeah, it's talking about wearing a
0: mask. Yeah, well, how we wear masks.
3: That's what today's episode is called: "How Not to Impress God," exactly. which sounds very strange and counterintuitive. But that's kind of what John talks about. That's that's what this book is about, and that's what John sat down here in the studio with us to talk about. He talked about gra- grace, and that'll right. make sense here in a minute. But he talked about grace and and living. As the person God says you are.
0: I want to explain a little bit so that our listeners aren't Do flummoxed or bamboozled. Don't be flummoxed or bamboozled. Steve is one of the guys in our church here in Johnny's church and my church. Steve is our friend. Steve has been coming for less than two years. And this book that John and his two friends wrote literally changed Steve's life. Yes. Steve was in the basement of despair and depression um. Seriously, now I guess you know we're used to joking around here, Johnny. But yeah, no. But seriously, Steve was seriously it was dark. in depression. Yeah, one of the guys from our church works in an office complex with him, and. And realized that Steve was just—I mean, he was just like out there somewhere. His eyes, his face—he just wasn't doing well. And one of our one of our elders uh, just stopped in the office one day and just said, "Hey, how you doing?" And he just sat down and talked and introduced himself and and gave Steve the book called The Cure. Yep. Steve read that book, and it literally changed his life. And uh, our our elder was going to do a Bible study in his home in his small group with that book. Mm-hmm. Invited Steve to come. Steve came. He and his wife they were like, we don't really know what this is. These, <laughs> th- these people saying like they're doing life together. Uh, and Steve's wife will say, yeah, whatever life together is. And so they they went over there and they they kind of liked these folks. Yeah, they were they were honest. They were open. They weren't holier than thou. And then. The elder decided to do a Sunday school class using the same book. Hey, Stephen, Pam, why don't you guys come over to our Sunday school class? And I think I think Pam said, "Yeah, well, let's. We can go to the Sunday school class, but we're not staying for church." <laughs> well you know almost 2 this years ago this is the later. only
3: story in the history of the world where Sunday school was actually a positive thing come in on someone's now. life come on this now this is the only time
0: says the 27 year old on <laughs> staff so anyway we i asked steve i said steve you got it you've got to say something on the podcast so so steve is going to share and then john john whenever he talks theological he adopts this Scottish brogue. Yes. Is it an Irish brogue and a Scottish somewhere accent? Somewhere in maybe? between. I don't even know. And he sounds a little bit like a drunken Scottish a pirate, pirate. once in a while. Yeah. Aye, I'm mad at So, So John's got a great voice. So anyway, how not to impress God. Yes. This is an introductory episode because John... And Bill are going to join us some more in the future to talk about the message.
3: And you'll see why in a minute, why we're going to bring them back. Because this is top-notch. I mean, this is the good stuff. Seriously, this is great, great stuff. And and our hope and prayer in producing this is that, uh, that we would all be fertile soil, just like Steve was, to hear this message of who God says that we are.
0: And we asked John to come on the podcast to share the message of their book, yes. which we believe every pastor should hear yes um and i think i put in monday's pot and monday's blog post you know some people are only as good as the last book that they've read and that's really not johnny and i cuz we read a lot of books i don't we, read any book. We, wait we, <laughs> <laughs> we you don't finish any that's books that's true you read a lot of books you just I read don't a lot finish of books. them he reads them for the for the research paper. Yes, right? exactly. So we wanted this message of the cure to to get out. And and yes. Bill Thrall, mm-hmm. Bill is an older pastor uh, on staff at at Open Door Fellowship, and um, he's better than John, honestly. You would say that about the older but, guy, yeah. But he's not as interesting That's not in a delivery. But the content is just gold. And, and we've emailed with Bill. Bill said, yes, yeah. he will come on.
3: No, yeah, yeah. So we're
0: looking forward to this. So if you want to cool. get the book, The Cure, you can get it on Kindle. Do it. You can read it. And then these podcasts will make sense. And me, as old and ancient as I am in ministry, it took me a while to really understand what they were dealing with. But here we go. Here's our conversation with John Lynch. Johnny, we're here with another John. John we are. John Lynch. John, welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast.
1: Guys, it's an honor. This is a blast.
0: Now, you just got here tonight, right, from your home state of? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. And you've got to know that John has joined us in a, what I think is a God-ordained way. I mean, I don't want to get hocus-pocus or spooky here (laughs) about this. But um, we've got a guy in our church named Steve, and Steve is here in the opulent and luxurious 200 yes. churches studio oh, yes. John you gotta admit you were oh. somewhat stunned. Ama- stunned yeah yeah. I still
1: am <laughs> I, you know, you hear about the studio, right? You read about it, yeah. And, but there's nothing that can prepare you, you for it. Once yeah. you're here, it's oh, like just wow. And a we table, get numb to it. The table, literally the length of a, a human, like yeah. nearly six foot long table. As, yeah, it's yeah. huge. Well, it's the ma- <laughs> I, to me, it's the
0: mahogany <laughs> that just bowls me over. Yeah. Gold plating. Yes. Anyway, John, it's so it's so good to have you here. And John has written this book called The Cure. And on our blog post for this podcast episode, you could find links to the cure but steve you are the one that kind of introduced me to john lynch you introduced me to this book called the cure because it changed your life and steve has been a part of our church less than two years right right less than two years briefly now talk about what your life was like before you started uh getting connected with some believers and got connected with this
2: cure book uh well it's a it's a long story but you told me to be brief so. very brief Steve <laughs> so let me just say this uh, at 53 years of age I had not uh, mm. I had considered myself a Christian but I hadn't really realized what that meant and at 53 I found myself in a a dark hole it was a, a I I'd, I'd hit a wall in my life I had looked back and mm. and felt that uh, none of my Youthful dreams had been accomplished. Uh, my job was overwhelming. It just seemed like everything had collapsed around me. In the midst of that, uh, a gentleman uh, found me, um, a man that uh, we all know as Jan Skydeman. And Jan had uh, befriended me in that. And he, one day he handed me a book, and it was John, uh, John's book called The Cure. That book gave me a new perspective a new filter to see myself through through the mm. lens of Jesus Christ mm. and that was the turning point a marker in my life that started started turning turning things around for me and uh, long story short i wound up here with you clowns and uh, <laughs> and uh, and you stuck a mic in my face and so yeah
0: well steve i love you you know you've been made a difference in our church you made a difference in my life well. And you've connected us with John Lynch, and he's made a difference in my life.
1: Isn't that crazy, Steve? Uh, <laughs> <don't>
0: where, <laughs> where else can you go to church and use a study guide, and you get to meet the author of the
2: study guide? There is Dover, Dover, Dover <laughs> Avenue, yeah, Dover <laughs> Avenue Church in Orange City, Iowa. That's, the, that's that's the that's where it's happening. So yeah. for
0: the last year and a half, we have used the Cure Book in different study groups in different Sunday school classes, and as the, as a pastor, I have been watching this thing, and I've been kind of reading it, kind of been trying to figure this thing out, yeah. and I mean, I understand grace, you know, and I've, <laughs> I've moved away from, you know, the law and all that stuff, but this has been surprising to me, and it's been enlightening to me, this book, and Johnny, you've, uh, you've kind of been on the periphery. Of this with Steve, you know, Steve works with Absolutely, you. Absolutely, yeah. And you work close with Steve. And, I, I mean, Steve. you've
3: seen the change in Steve's life. I definitely have, yeah. When you said Steve was going to be in here, too, I was like, good, we're having a party in the 200 Churches <laughs> studio. It's about time. It's yeah. getting boring just me and you in here. Oh, really so boring, to have John especially with Steve, you in here. I know, man. I'm dragging the whole thing down. <laughs> this is like, This is like the over-50 party, though. I feel a little weird being yeah. in here.
0: John, <laughs> talk to us just for a second about your journey toward this book I mean I think there was was there our first book was there true-faced yeah a first true,
1: true face we wrote and early on as we started becoming convinced of these convictions and started to try to pass them on and the cure uh, you know you write long enough a decade later and you say wait we're saying it better now so right so we wrote the cure took the true face off the shelves and um and and plus, with the way it is now, you can take links and link to more stuff. And so the, the resource now is so much more rich than True Face could ever be at that time. So we've got videos within videos within videos now that you can have simply on a link within a page of the book. I'm glad you said that because I've been somewhat
0: confused trying to figure out Trueface and The Cure. So basically you're saying that That uh, the cure has actually absorbed true face. Correct.
1: You can't find except out of the back of a car. Okay. It's it's not available anymore because we took it out of circulation when we wrote the cure because it's probably forty percent new material, but it is the same similar truths of the the book true face. So
0: the cure is your definitive book at the moment. Yes. Yes. And and so talk to us about what is the message. In a nutshell, of the cure. Well, wow. maybe not even in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> crack the nut for us, John. You know, you know in the Reformation, we got justification mm. by grace. Yeah. And now here we are in the 21st century, starting to understand sanctification by grace. Meaning this, we all believe. Oh, over here at justification. Oh, God did it all. He did every bit of it. You can't do it yourself. It's all Jesus. You didn't have anything you could bring to it. He joined us together, everything. And then all at the other end of the story, a glorification. Oh, you can't get to heaven without him. It's all him. You didn't do anything. But in every single moment in between, which would be our entire lives, sanctification, we see him as an Angry pirate with too much coffee, saying, "Ah, what's wrong with you? I don't like you very much. Can't you do something? What's wrong with you? You make me sick, you do. I got to endure you. And although that's kind of a uh, caricature, a lot of our people would say, I think that's how he sees me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so so yes saved by grace and, and going to heaven by grace but everything else is by my hard effort to assuage my shame and somehow comply enough so that he will be kind of okay with me. You know John
3: we preached Acts 17 a while back at our church and Jeff and I were talking about, we were co-preaching it. we're looking at it together and there's a verse in there that says, you know, because God is not far away from any of us. And Jeff said, man, when I, the way I was raised, my education, that means God is not far away from any of us. His hand is right over us about to squish us dead (laughs) for the terrible things that we do. And I, and I said, "I, I think it, is like exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> it's, God is not far away from any of us. He's drawing us to that's himself. Right. He's pulling us this love, this grace, you know, that's moving constantly. Well I mean, why do you think why do you think that idea of angry God come and slap us well,
1: exists? It, 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 we all carry shame. Right. That that thing that's different than guilt, isn't it? Guilt says I've done something wrong. Shame says there's something protective particularly uniquely wrong about you so I so I take the Bible and I read it and I read it with a shame filter right so, so I, I I read it with this filter that presumes how Jesus is talking to me so in in John 15 where it says if you love me you'll keep my commandments and if you love me and keep my commandments my my father will make his abode with you and and, and we'll stay with you I read it like a pirate. If you love me, you says you loves me, I'm not so sure. If you love me, then you better keep me commandments. And maybe my father won't make his abode with you, eh? And I was all the time, honestly, all the time wondered, how many commandments, what's, what's enough, what does right. he do? Because I was reading the scripture, presuming Christ's voice. And here it is. In truth, it's a third class conditional in the Greek, meaning because you love me. Because you love me, you will find yourself keeping my commandments. Yeah. Oh, and oh, by the way, there's only one. In, in fact, it's not even a commandment. It's really it's really an offer to do who you are. You're, you've got the love of Christ in you. So I'm going to tell you, it's not the 11th commandment. It's, not, it's, it's a brand new order of commandment. Love each other. Right. It's who you are. It's what you wanted to do. So what if that was true instead of me beating myself up on it uh, the book itself really is a telling of Hebrews 11:6 isn't it without faith without trust it's impossible to please god so it's it's laying out that distinction between trying to please god enough to make him happy and he says you will never be able to please me enough ever unless you trust me with you. Unless you trust who I say you are on your worst day, that's when you'll please me. So so here on my worst day, after I've done the most wrong thing, is it possible to believe that he says, John, I will never, ever, ever condemn you. I'm crazy about you to the exact extent that my father loves me. Jesus says, so also I love you. It, could you dare believe that, that that on my worst day, I'm Christ and John Lynch, that, that we're fused together, where, that I can't tell where I finish off and he starts up. And he, and he says, will you believe that, John? Will you believe that you wear a robe of righteousness all the time? And when I do believe, when I choose to believe that that's true, he says, John, look, you're doing it. You're trusting me. And not only that, but you've never pleased me so much in your whole life. Well, that's an entirely different way for me to live my life. Instead of straining and assuaging and trying to impress him and getting worn down and weary and beaten up and feeling like he's always mildly disgusted with me, to instead have a God whose arms around me not on the other side of my sin, but with me, looking at my stuff together, crazy about me, saying, kid, I've known from before the world began, and I'm not ashamed, I'm not mad, I'm crazy about you. That, to be able to read the scriptures without that filter that we put on it, it's it's like being born
0: again again. It, it sounds like soft on sin to me, John. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> soft on sin. <laughs> You know, as you're talking about this, uh, I've been in ministry for almost 30 years. When I get the most attaboy pastor is when I have preached hard against come sin. Come on, come on. Yes, you know, preach it. <laughs> I mean, God's holiness <laughs> is at stake here. Mm-hmm. His righteousness is at raise stake. Raise the bar. We've got to raise, gotta the, raise bar. the bar. Yeah. And you've got to get to the next <laughs> level, yeah. right? So as you've been talking about this, and as I have heard from Steve, Okay, a, a a layman theologian who has processed a lot of. I mean, he listened through. When did you become a
1: layman theologian? <laughs> did you... I do Well, he can't,
0: <laughs> he can't even help it. It oozes out of him. He's got a THL. That's a theology of laymanism. Yeah. Well, See. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, as I've been listening to Steve flesh this stuff out in terms of. Steve is saying, this is how, Jeff, this is how I've had to live my life. If I live my life to please God, to do the right things all the time, and to focus on making sure I'm doing the right thing, I'm never going to make it. I'm always going to be defeated. If,
1: if sin, if, if my goal is to sin less, I can try as hard as I want. I not only will not sin less, I'll never learn how to love. If my goal is love, I will not only love well, but I'll sin less. See, those who would say grace is soft on sin, they're trying to manage their sin. They would say, that's what you need to do. You need to get out and work hard, take it captive. There is nothing softer on sin than sin management. Hmm. Sin management takes all of your best strength, which is no strength, and tries to manage sin. Only grace takes the power of the shed blood of Christ, the power of the resurrection, and trusts it to deal with sin. That's why Romans 6.14 says, Sin will not be master over you. Because you're no longer under buck-upism. You're no longer under moralism. You're no longer under your own self-chutzpah and willpower. You're under grace. You're under grace. Isn't that incredible that he would say that right smack dab in the middle of Romans 5 through 8? Sin will not be master over you because you're no longer trying to prove to God that you're enough. It's this insanity of us... In our culture, trying to convince others that we are righteous, though we don't believe it for a moment ourselves, only to find out later that we were all along. It, it, it is a group of people who feel like saved sinners, who never can do enough, and God's always shaking his head saying, I had so much hope for that kid. Saved sinners instead of saints who still sometimes fail. So it's an entirely different way that God gave us to live this life instead of trying to prove to him that somehow we could do it on our own. It's like slapping Band-Aids on a wound that's already healed, and when somebody tells you you're crazy for doing it, you get upset with them. That's right. When you think about it, to say, wait, John, you are already righteous. Well, he says it. In in Ephesians four, he says it in Second Corinthians five twenty one, you've been made righteous, not someday maybe, but now you're just immature in your righteousness. It's like that butterfly that we always talk about the caterpillar and butterfly. The very DNA, when you look at a caterpillar, you're looking at a butterfly DNA. A creature looking nothing like a butterfly. And yet God has put into it the DNA of a butterfly. He, he, that's who he is. Although he looks nothing like it, invariably, inevitably, one day he will display all the attributes of a butterfly. In the meanwhile, yelling at it to be more like a butterfly <laughs> will just hurt its tiny little ears. Yeah, and you don't that's, that. And so it is with us. On my worst day, John Lynch has the DNA of righteousness. I'm Christ in John Lynch. And though I may not look like it right now, if you will woo out of me that new nature, if you, as a parent or a friend, as a pastor, if you will appeal and woo out that new nature instead of beating up my flesh, you'll get to see that butterfly. You'll get to see that new nature being lived out.
0: John I really don't I know that there are pastors out there listening that really you, and you know who you are you you don't you don't really know what we're talking about mm-hmm. you you kind of know you know the words but you've never put them in this order or this configuration before and you don't know so I would I would encourage you to go to the cure and read the book and if you're like me somebody who's been in ministry for 25 years you're going to have to read it more than once and you're going to have to talk to other people about it because it won't sink in the first time. So, John, maybe maybe you'll come back again and you'll talk to us about this and we're just going to we're just going to cut it off.
1: Yeah, I'd be honored. Let's talk about that very thing of that person trying so hard by themselves in ministry and still feeling like they're failing. So,
0: we're talking about pastors Yes. Yeah. So it, when you come back we'll we'll talk about that. Great. Okay. Well there you go Johnny, we've learned how not to impress God by being good and being good <laughs> pastors. Yeah, I am always a good pastor, Jeff. And and being worried about how God views us based on our performance. Yeah. Based on the level of our obedience to the rules.
3: That's good news for me cuz I'm t- I tend to not love
0: rules. Well, the cure is that we've already been cured. Right. Um, There's a quote in the book that says something like, you know, we bluff and bluster, making making pretend we're righteous, knowing that we're really not, when in the end, finding out that we were all along. Yeah. That God has made us righteous, and we really don't have... To try to be good and keep all the rules in order for God to love us.
3: You know, and this was just part of our conversation with, with John and, and there's more that we're saving for a later podcast. And if if you're like Jeff, no offense, Jeff, and you feel parts of you leap out against the message that John yes, gave here. Yes. You know, we cover more of this and, and you know, there more of this is covered in the cure and, and you can find a lot of resources at True Faced. So if you're having that reaction uh, I would encourage you to to look deeper. This was a 18 minute, what 18 minutes, something like that.
0: Yeah, we were together in the studio for three, and three and half, uh, yeah, three
3: and a half hours. Three and a half hours, and that's 18 minutes of it. So there's a lot, there's a lot that uh, we we didn't record, a lot that we've recorded for later podcasts. If if something in you is like that, uh, I don't know, that doesn't feel right. I would encourage you to to look deeper, go into the true face stuff, listen to more. Of, of John Lynch's stuff and, and um, yeah, Bill and, and all those guys. And buy the book or, you know, rent it from your local public library. Well, there's the
0: book, but then there's also a workbook with it. So the book is yes. the one with the snake on it, all yes. right? It's white, but then the workbook is black. Okay. And the workbook has some great material in it to work through it, like if you had a small group. Yeah. So we're using that right now in our small group. It has been
3: really helpful. It's very cool. Very helpful. So Jeff, 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 shout-out time. Okay. Let's do some shout-outs. All right. Shout it out. Okay. Shout-out to the new subscribers. You're all beautiful, okay? You're beautiful people, and we love you. Should I say their names? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm happy. We have new subscribers, and this makes me very happy because the message is getting out. The word is getting out. Hey, small church pastor, you're important.
0: You know, all the older pastors out there with me are like me thinking of that laundry thing where you had to shout it out.
3: Oh, the stain! Sure. Shout you know. Yeah, yeah. So when you
0: said shout it out, shout it out. I'm still like lagging back in the '80s, my word, maybe '70s. It's this. Is... So <laughs> new subscribers, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. We've got uh, I think like 50 new subscribers that's just awesome. in the past few weeks. Yeah, we've got um,
3: some reviews on iTunes. If you yes. haven't reviewed, we would encourage you to go and do so. Uh, yeah, because that's awesome that we're getting these subscribers. Jeff is laughing at me because he thinks, yeah, so this is awesome, is a ridiculous thing to say.
0: No, it's 27. That's okay. We've received some really nice emails from our listeners, and we also know that some of you are denominational leaders, and you're, you're, you lead some different pastors' fellowships. You've shared us. You've tweeted us out, and we've received a number. The number of listeners has has doubled in the last month or so.
3: Yeah, it's been super awesome. So to see. thank you. Thank you for
0: sharing. Thank you for tweeting. And however you get the word out, uh, we're thankful for that. Snail and mail. I'm thankful for snail it's mail. It's just, it's great to see pastors of small churches actually encouraged mm-hmm. and excited about actually yes. beginning to be excited. The message that Carl Vader sends out. Amen. The message that, uh, Dave Jacobs helps us to send out, yep. uh, and others is actually. I think it's beginning to take hold in the hearts and lives of small church pastors. Where uh, yes. They're actually feeling good that they're a pastor of a small church. Amen, amen. And they can do things that large churches can't do, and they can even do some things that large churches do on a smaller scale. Yeah. But that affirmation and encouragement is really important. So thank you very much for doing it. And uh, next week we are going to have Dave Jacobs the coach to small church pastors, Dave Jacobs, the warm blanket. Can't wait. He's going to be back and he's going to talk to us. So thank you so much for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast.
2: We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.